I want to start this morning with a confession. I do this every now and then because it's good for the soul. Uh, this, it's kind of, I've come to terms with this myself, but maybe it'll be helpful for someone in the room to hear it today, okay? So here it is. I got to get it off my chest. Uh, so, hi, my name is Chris. Um, I am a father. Thank you. I am a father, and I have no idea what I'm doing as a parent. <laughs> no idea. No clue. Uh, we've got a 15-year-old and a 12-year-old, and you'd think like, that's a long time. Like, you should have it figured out by now. No. Like, it's, I have no idea. I have no idea. Every day I'm figuring it out. Anybody with me on that? Anybody a parent? Like, stop lying, okay? You don't know what you're doing either, okay? And so, <laughs> uh, if your kids are grown, I'm telling you, I know a lot of you with grown kids, you still don't know what you're doing. You're like, okay, they're doing a new thing. I don't, right? Do we support that? Do we not support that? I don't know. I, uh, we, got, we got two. They're now 15 and 12, but I remember when we, we got the first one, uh, the boy one. Uh, I think it was the boy. Yeah, yeah he came first. Uh, the boy one. <laughs> Uh, you know, he came as a baby. That's how they come. And like, he came as a baby. And like, I was surprised they let us take it home from the hospital to start with. We're like, we don't know how to do this. And they're like, just, we, we don't want it. And they're like, okay, we'll take it home. And then like, we had to figure out what does it eat? Like, how much does it need to sleep? And like, we figured out how many times it can fall down before it can be hurt. I'm gonna tell you, it's a lot. A kid fall down a lot of times. They fall down a lot of times. And so like, but eventually they outgrow, outgrow that stuff. We had that one for like three years, okay? And, and we gave him a name and stuff. We love him. He's a good guy. Um, and, but then something changed. Uh, we got another one. It was a girl one this time. And I'll tell you what, everything that we figured out with the first one, throw it out the window. Like this one ate different stuff, slept different ways, has, now that this one's 12, I'm gonna tell you, it's different, okay? And, and the girl one and the boy one are nothing alike. Neither one of them came with instructions. You with me? Like raising kids is hard. Parenting is difficult, and you know, it's not all that bad, it's not. I mean, we figure it out, and we have mentors, and we had, a lot of us had good parents growing up, or maybe you, you have good mentors in your life who can help you be a parent, but it's wild how often you hit a wall, and you're like, what do I do right now? And then guess who has to figure it out? If you're a parent, you do. <laughs> We're in this teaching series about family, and we've, we've covered a lot of ground, and this is only our third week. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground in those first two weeks. Uh, today, we're talking about our planet's most valuable natural resource, children. It's not water, it's not oxygen. Those things would be necessary for the children to survive. I get that. But we need kids, and they're valuable. They're so valuable. It's so valuable, in fact, that one of our official written values at our church uh, is hashtag kids matter. Yes, with the hashtag. Hashtag kids matter. Kids matter, so we want to invest in them. That's why when you come to our church, you're going to hear us talking about foster care. You're going to hear us talking about collecting food for children. You're going to hear us talking about Christmas angel trees and a, and a plethora of other things, summer camps and sending kids to conferences. We want it because kids really matter. They matter to us because they matter to God very greatly. And so this morning, yes, through a family series, I need to talk about parenting. And I recognize that immediately alienates some people. You might be in the room like now and being like, I'm not a parent, so I'm actually checking out. Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving. No, none of us are off the hook. Because yes, I'm gonna be talking about parenting and what does the Bible say about parenting and things like that this morning, but the reality is we are all responsible for, for the earth's most valuable natural resource. We are all responsible for children. We're all responsible for doing what we can to look out for them, to mentor them, to guide them, to give them role models. There are so many different things. I mean, just think of the, thing, the people in your life who were not your parents, who were influential to you, an uncle or an aunt, or maybe a, a coach or a teacher, or maybe that neighbor that gave you your first job. Or maybe it's some mentor that taught you a life-changing thing or this first boss or manager that really got you started. Like, they weren't your parents, were they? But they made a different in your, difference in your life. So this is everybody today. 
We're talking about kids. We're talking about why kids matter. So what does the Bible say about kids and parenting? So I want to get into that today. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and crack them open. We're going to be bouncing around a little bit. I love to teach from one passage and just kind of pull a bunch out of it. But then there's other times when you get to a, a, a topic and you're like, man, the Bible has got this all over the place. I think it would be valuable for us to skip a rock across all of Scripture and see what it says. And so what, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to be starting out in Psalm chapter 139. Uh, let me tell you, if you need a Bible, we've got free ones at the door you can borrow. There's a, a bookcase there in the corner. Feel free to go grab one and take it to your seat, use it today. Or if you need a good Bible to keep for your own, keep it. It's your Bible. Put your name in the front. Happy, uh, happy birthday, Merry Christmas. It's all for you. Um, but in Psalm chapter 139, this is kind of a poetic passage, but starting in verse 13, we get what becomes kind of the quintessential verse that explains to us how God feels about our very souls, and I think gives us a window into how he feels about children. And check this out. Psalm 139, 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Can we pause there? Can you just just appreciate the poetic imagery of that? Have you ever had a grandma that knitted a sweater or something? I mean, just like this, this very hands-on, very, no one never, no one ever knitted anything, uh, you know, that they didn't put time and thought into. Like, that's a tedious process. I just love that that's the phrase that's used there. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and so I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Listen to that picture of a loving father. Our creator, who didn't just like throw some matter out into you know, the universe and hope that it worked, but he took time with each one of our souls and said, I have a purpose for you. I have a plan for you. That God loves you beginning at conception as you're being knit together in your mother's womb. So uh, I want to take a second to remind us from this verse. This is my big takeaway from this verse. You might have others, but this is the thing as we get going today. This is kind of our foundation. That children are a blessing from God. If you have young children in your house right now, you might not be so sure about that. You've had those moments, you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to pull my hair out or their head off their shoulders. I don't know what's going to come first. And you're like, ah! But then you, you, you step back and you realize children are a blessing from God. Yesterday, uh, I'm a Boy Scout leader in a troop in town and I was camping uh, night before last and some of our troop is, is still getting packed up or they finished up a little bit earlier this morning. But uh, some of our, our boys there yesterday were like 11 years old. And uh, we have a range from like, I think 11, ten, some of them were like 10 years old, all the way up to like 16, 17 year olds. Okay, we're out there. And... There was this moment where a group of boys were sitting around a campfire. This other kid, unbeknownst to the rest of the boys who were sitting very close to the campfire, had a full armful of pine straw. Okay, you've seen fire? Okay. And just plopped it right onto the fire. This is their fire that these boys had worked hard and they're staying warm. It's been cold this weekend. Then smoke. And then the boys yelling and I'm standing, I was just walking by. I was like, dude, like, come on. And this is one of the younger kids and he did it to some of the older kids. And I was just... And it's in moments like that that you're like, are children a blessing from God? Like, they don't really know much, and it would be great if they wouldn't do stuff like that. But then you step back, and I, I see some of the babies that are in the room right now, and I see, man, there's one sleeping right now. I love it. I love it. True Sabbath. And like, that, what? And that's the same person, by the way. We grow into that crazy kid. But then we come to the adults that have the opportunity to 
to, to pour into these kids. And so the reason I bring that up, that children are a blessing from God, because it's, it's so easy for us to forget. It's so hard to remember when it's 3 a.m. I'm speaking to some of you right now. And your kid pees on you in the bed. If that's never happened to you, you've never had a toddler that's learning how to not pee in the bed. And, it's, and you're just like, this is the blessing God gave me right now? It's hard to remember when they're 17 years old and they think they know everything. Hate to break it to you, any teenagers in the room, but those of us who are way past that, we still don't know everything. It's hard to remember that they're a blessing from God. And so I, many times, my wife and I have been in the kitchen or standing somewhere where the kids are craziness and we'll have to sit back and be like, oh, we love them. <laughs> They're a blessing from God. And so I, I, I'm taking the pause here because I think some of you need to take a breath and remind yourself of that. And remember that there are kids in the world who don't get that kind of love. And we need to remember that God loves them and so we need to pour in them also. Uh, too often kids get caught in a vicious cycle of neglect where they don't have what they need. And maybe your kids are well-loved and so you expect them to behave better, but then you see other kids and you're like, what are you doing? And you don't realize, like nourishing sea bangs the drum for, that some of these kids are acting out because they're hungry. They don't get to eat at home. Or some of the kids that find themselves uh, with no parents to take care of them. Or some of the kids who find themselves with, with, with no one to love them or mentor them. So the next time you see the kid coming through your neighborhood and you're like, ah, that kid, he's nothing but trouble. Ask yourself, who's loving that kid? Maybe go inside and make some chocolate chip cookies and be a nice person. Don't do anything creepy. <laughs> but love that kid. And let them know that they are loved by God because they truly are a blessing from God. Uh, the last thing I'll say about that is this. Um, we get busy in life. Stephanie talked to our volunteer group this morning about busyness. And it's really kind of a theme that I'm going through right now too because of a book I'm reading that you'll hear all about in January, I promise you. Um, but this concept that we get into sometimes where we get busy and, and our kids get raised by something else, a device, a TV screen, the neighborhood kids. No matter what we're doing, it's not more important than investing in the kids that God has put into your life, whether they're directly related to you or they're just in your proximity. Kids are a blessing from God. So as a blessing, what do we do with them? Uh, I've come up with a couple things from scripture that I think for me as a dad, um, I, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm still, I have no idea what I'm doing. But these are the things that I use as guiding principles that I've picked up from mentors and they're very simple, but they're huge. And I think that all of us can employ these in our lives, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, just a mentor or someone who's like, you know what, I probably should get more invested in kids' lives. And so what does the Bible say about parenting? The first one is this. Children need training. Children need training. And uh, when I think about training, I think about when I've ever been to a restaurant or somewhere where someone was in training. You ever been to like the grocery store and there's that guy that's like in training and you're like, oh my goodness, why is this line so long? And you get there, you're like, oh. I went to a restaurant with my wife the other day and uh, we went to the counter to order because uh, we're fancy like that when we go on dates, we order at the counter. And so we're ordering and the girl back there was getting trained and like it was a mess and she has like no idea how to use the computer thing and she doesn't even know what's on the menu hardly and it's like, okay, we go to our seat, the expectation was she was gonna bring us our drinks. She brings us the wrong drinks. We're like, oh, this is nice, but actually I was, we ordered two different things. Oh, I'm so sorry, and she comes back later. And then uh, she does get our drinks, and then it's a long time till we get the food. Have you ever been in this restaurant? I think you have, okay. And you're like, where's our food? We drank all the drink, I had to get another waitress to get me a refill. Then she brings us food, and guess what? 
it was somebody else's food. It wasn't our food. I was like, well, that does look good, but that's actually not what I ordered. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I could tell she's flustered. I'm like, it's okay. She said, I'm sorry. It's my first day. I'm working it out. I was like, it's really okay. So, and, and that, you've been there, but this is the craziest part that happened to us. We go to checkout and we take her the little ticket and she, she punches it in and she, she charges us for our food. And it was like, not nearly enough. Like we ate two people, two whole meals. And it was like, I don't know, $7 or something. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure that? Because I feel like we should owe you more than that. And she's like, well, oh no. And then she calls her manager over and they're typing, typing, typing. Here's what happened. There was a dude that came up to the counter before me and she charged him for our food. <laughs> and he was long gone. And so I was like, oh my goodness. I'm like, well, I mean, should we still pay for our food? They're like, look, if he comes back, we'll refund him. You got just, just whatever. And huh, if the lady taking your order needs help, Kids, they come into the world knowing absolutely nothing. They need training. And so when we look in the Bible, I look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And this, this is a, a really huge uh, overarching statement for all children and how it comes to like raising them and teaching them. And this is what it says in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, as Paul talks about family. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Uh, this is kind of a restatement of something from the Ten Commandments all the way back in Exodus chapter 20. And by the way, if there are any kids in the room, which I see a few, this is really cool. When there's a lot of things for us to know about the world and the Bible as you're an adult, there's only one instruction for children in the Bible, okay? It's, it's a very simple instruction. Obey and honor your parents. That's it. Why? Because children need training. So God has put these human beings into our world and he's taken the grown ones of us and said, show them how. Children need training. And it continues in verse four, fathers, do not exasperate your children. It could also say mothers, I think, don't y'all? It says fathers. Uh, <laughs> do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. And so this is a patient task. This is going through with this kid and learning everything with them and helping them understand life and how it works. Children need training. We were born knowing nothing. Like everything has to be taught to us. That's why two-year-olds ask a million questions every day. Not because they want to get on your nerves, because they really don't know. Actually, sometimes they do know and they just want to get on your nerves. But most of the time, they're just trying to learn things. They're trying to figure things out. And you don't have to believe in God to understand this. Everyone has seen how helpless an infant is and how much work it takes to get them to be able to do something simple like grab something with their hands. And think about how many things you grab with your hands every day and you've got to learn that. But the thing about training is training has an end goal. Okay, so this lady at the restaurant, her end goal was to eventually be a good waitress. That was her end goal. If you're an athlete training for a marathon, you're running shorter and short, shorter and then longer and longer, you know, runs. Your end goal as training is to eventually be able to run in a marathon. And so parents, here's the question. What is our end goal with kids? Adults, here's the question. What is our end goal with these children in our world? Here's one that I tried to implement in my own life, and I didn't make this up. I've heard it years ago, but it's something I, my kids have heard this. I've said it to myself a million times. This is our end goal as parents, me and Lindsay, is that we will be trained. Hold on, I'm gonna, I want to make sure I say this right. Let me back up. Uh, before we know what we can become, I want us to understand what we will become, okay? What we will become. And you know this is true because most of you are grown-ups. Your children will very likely become whatever you already are, okay? That's, that's really important to establish. So we can have goals and thoughts for our kids, 
But they can, they can have a hard time becoming that if we aren't modeling it for them. We are their trainers. We are their coach. We are there to show them where to go with this. Family is a generational cycle, right? And so you see this happening all the time. That's why so often you're like, oh man, you remind me so much of your dad. You remind me so much of your mom. Why? Because we become who our parents are. Now, yes, we can become something different. It happens all the time. But the hardwiredness of our minds begins us by looking for influence. And it's the people that are in our life the most often that we will emulate. That's why it's important for parents and other adults that are good people to be in our kids' lives because our kids will emulate something or someone. And it might be their friends at school. And it might be some celebrity or some athlete or some musician. But man, God has put us in their life so that they can become something else. So what do we train them to become? I think the goal would be to train them to become God-honoring people who live in his grace. That's that phrase I was gonna say a minute ago. Like for me, I tell my kids all the time, like listen, do you know what my job is? My job is to raise you to be a God-honoring person. Like so often as parents, we see these beautiful babies. I, I just, I'm just looking out and seeing several right now and I'm just like, we look at them and, and we see children, we see babies and we get so excited because they're cute and they're fun. But the reality is God didn't send us into this world to raise perpetual babies. He, he created parenting and, and mentorship so that we could help those babies become functional adults with what goal? To honor God. To honor God and to live in his grace. And I add that second part because we're not perfect. Uh, the other day my daughter said something to me while I was kind of doing some discipline with her and she said, well, that, well that's easy for you to say because you never make mistakes. And I was like, whoa, what have I mismodeled here? <laughs> and it's for the 50th time I had to tell her, no, dad does make mistakes. You're just taking low shots right now. <laughs> No, we gotta live in God's grace, but our goal is to honor him with all of our being. So as we're training our kids, what are we training them to become? We need to train them to be God-honoring people, and this is gonna step on some toes maybe. We're not training them to become people with good resumes. We're not training them to become people with good jobs. We're not training them to become people who can pay their own bills. Yes, all those things are fantastic, and yes, frankly, necessary. But if they can't honor God in doing all of that, oh man, you just send them to a boarding school. Send them somewhere else. There's a lot of people who can train them to get a business degree. That's why they pay a lot of money for colleges. But parents are there to help lead their children to their creator. Training our children to be God-honoring people who live in his grace. And if you've got a better thing to add to that or something, please let me know. I'm always looking for clues on how to be a better parent because I think that is what we got to do is work together on that. And to add to that, I want to add one little extra step. Okay, we need to make our home a home of grace. Um, I'm a person who likes things a certain way. If you know me, you, you know that. Um, but also, we're not gonna be perfect. And so, something that I picked up years ago that I really love is this, that, that the home should be the safest place to fail. Especially if you have kids living in your house. Because they are going to mess up. And if they make a mistake, and they are completely, you know, just crucified for it, and they, they are gonna be terrified of ever trying to grow past that with you. They're probably not gonna get a chance to get better at it. They're just gonna learn to hide it better. Have you ever done that? I have. When there's no grace, there's not much opportunity for us to grow. Now, yes, we need discipline. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. But we need to be a safe place to fail. And when our kids let us down, it's not a point of like, you let us down because you gotta make daddy happy. You gotta make mommy happy. But we say, no, no, no. God has something better for you than this. The reason this was a problem is because God has something better for you than this. Let's grow past this. 
Let's make the home a safe place to fail because I'm gonna tell you what's not a safe place to fail. Downtown Wilmington, when you get picked up by a police officer, <laughs> public school is not a safe place to fail. You, you fail greatly there, you're gonna be in big trouble. Your job when you're an adult is not a safe place to fail. You can get fired right away. So creating a space where our kids can grow, where there's a safe place to fail and there's good, uh, a good measure of love and, and honoring God being to the best of our ability modeled, I mean, that is an environment where someone can go, okay, I can do better because God has better for me. Children need training. Proverbs 22 verse six says this. If you train a, wa- a child in the way it should go, even when they're old, they won't turn from it. And I don't know that I've understood this any better than the older I get. One, because I see it true in my own life. But two, because as a pastor at a church, it's really cool to get to talk to adults all the time. I mean, several times a week, I have one-on-one meetings with people, you guys and others that, you know, just trying to spend time with and stuff. And it's so cool when people say, you know, I was raised to know God. I was raised in church. I was shown these things. And now that I'm older, I know I want to get back to them. I think that that proverb is on to something. So let's do what we can to teach our kids to be God-honoring people living in his grace. So that, that's the first big, the big goal that the scripture teaches, that the kids need to training. The second one is like very, very similar. I feel like it's almost splitting hairs, but the more I get into it, I realize it's completely different. And it's this, not only do kids need uh, training, they need discipline. Children need discipline. Uh, the classic go-to verse for discipline, my grandma loved this one. Proverbs 13, 24 Whoever spares the rod hates their children. If you know the old version, it's spare the rod, spoil the child. But the one who loves his children is careful to discipline this. And I get it. We live in a world where child abuse is front page news all the time, okay? And so we want to be careful about talking about things like, I mean, this is the word that routinely was used in my family growing up, beatings. <laughs> but it's like, that's a good thing. Get the kid a beating. But yeah, I mean, people take it too far. Uh, my grandma used to say that God created children with padded backsides for a reason to get spankings. I'm like, Grandma, they hold my pants up too and they're really good for sitting on, but I think I know what she was on to. She was like, it's okay sometimes to use physical, uh, physical action as a form of discipline, a pop on the hands, a pop on the leg. I'm gonna tell you, my mom, woo! It's funny, the other day we were talking and she used to wear me out, right? Because I grew up in the 80s and, um, and 90s and that was just what moms did back then. And before then, I think it got worse. It was like, it's gotten progressively less beatings, I think, which is probably good for our backsides. Um, but the other day we were talking about that and I was like, man, mom used to you know, spank me all the time. And we were with my kids and my mom was like, you think I spanked you too much? And I was like, oh no, I deserved it. Every, every single time I deserved it, but it was a lot. Um, so, but here's the thing, you can discipline a child without being abusive. And if you don't understand that, you probably need to take more deep breaths, okay? Because like, you don't have to be abusive to discipline a child. And there's way more creative ways than just spanking kids. I, we were spankers. We have, we've done some popping. But that was not the only way. I'm going to tell you, there were several junctures in our child, my ch- kid's life. I'm like, spanking's just not working right now. We need to be more creative and do some other things. Um, and I'm not even going to open that can of worms. You can read all the books that you want to on the, the models. I'm, I'm still figuring it out myself. But the point here is... Uh, We've got to have discipline in our life. Now, one common understanding of discipline is that discipline is a punishment for a bad behavior. Decent definition, maybe, but I think there's more to it than that because I think there's a bigger goal in discipline. Sure, punishment is necessary sometimes, especially when a a kid doesn't seem to be getting the message. They need to have punishment, but the goal of discipline, what is the goal of discipline? Is it good behavior? 
for you to figure out. I think the goal of discipline is growth. Did you know that the word that's used for followers of Jesus is a disciple? Same word as discipline. It's about being a learner, a follower. It's an interesting thought. The goal of discipline needs to ultimately, I think, be growth in some way. I've made up this definition. It's kind of wordy, but I'm just trying to understand what is discipline. So chew on this. It's got three parts. This is the, the, the definition of discipline that I think could be helpful. This is, it's like intentional training that models real world implications for our actions. And it molds our thinking, our strength, our character, and our self-control. I know that's a mouthful. But, but think about these three parts. First is the training part. This is intentional training. We just talked about training. Training is like, it's exercise. It's like we do this so that we can learn something, right? And then the second part is that discipline should model real world implications for our actions. The classic one is if you touch a hot stove, what happens? You will get burned. Will you touch a hot stove again? Probably not, at least not very many more times. That's a real world, imp- real world implication for touching a hot stove. And so it's a little bit like, listen, as we learn to discipline our children, we need to say like, what is the real world implication we're trying to teach them to, to protect them from? If you do this in public, this will happen. We need to talk about that. Sometimes it's conversation. Sometimes it's uh, removal of things from their lives and, and, and grounding and things like that. Sometimes it's just like, listen, a, a, a swift pop on the hand will just remind you, oh yeah, The real world implication is that there are implications. (laughs) Things happen and I just need to not do that. But there's a real world implication that happens. But the biggest part is that it, it molds us. So that's that last part. It molds our thinking, our strength, our character, our self control. Even you could write spiritually in there too. Sometimes discipline is used just to make our children fear the parents or fear the administration of some kind. But that isn't the end goal. They'll just learn to hide, they'll just learn to cheat. They'll just learn to get around. But what if it grows their thinking? What if it molds their character? What if it increases their ability to have self-control? Now we're on to something. That's discipline. Children need discipline. And, and it seems, I'm gonna tell you, like there's that classic phrase, like this is gonna hurt you more than it hurts me. Um, and sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it hurts the person giving this discipline because you don't wanna see them have to go through the hurt, to have to learn the lesson. But remember, this is something God does for us as well. Hebrews chapter 12, a lot of times when I read a scripture, I say, I love this scripture. I don't love this one. I don't love this one, but it's very important. <laughs> it's good. Hebrews 12, 10 says, they disciplined us for a while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that, this is that in order that, the real world implications, the growth, in order that we may share in his holiness God disciplines us so that we can become more like him. And verse 11 says, you know, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, and I love this agricultural picture, later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. The beauty of planting a seed for harvest is you take a little seed, you put it in the ground, and it just becomes exponentially more doesn't it? Think about the potential in an apple seed. And you know, you plant and it's, it grows an apple tree, yes, but then it grows more apples with more apple seeds in them. And the thought that God's discipline in our life allows us to kind of exponentially experience his holiness and his righteousness, what? And the fact that he is giving adults, particularly parents, the opportunity to do that for another human being. It's not pleasant at the time, but it yields a 
a harvest of righteousness. Children need discipline. Parents, if you love your children, set boundaries for them. Set boundaries for them. Make them boundaries that will train them to be God-honoring people. Sometimes we just have arbitrary rules. We don't watch TV because. How about we don't watch TV because and then work on, work on why that helps you honor God. And if you like have this arbitrary rule and it doesn't help anybody honor God, like back up and be like, does that need to be a rule? The world doesn't need more rules. <laughs> the world needs more holiness. But we need to set boundaries for our children. If we love our children, we need to set boundaries for them. And when they cross the boundaries, they need to be trained about how that is not good for them and how it will hurt them, harm them, and keep them from the righteousness of God. And I know there's a million options on what you should and shouldn't and can and can't do with all of this. That's why I'm trying to lay this out in terms of principles. They need the training. They need the discipline. They're a blessing from God. But let me implore you, as we discipline children, be consistent be firm, don't make empty threats, follow through on the things that you're gonna say for your children, and most importantly, as always, point the message of all discipline back to the loving father. The reason this is going is because mommy and daddy's job is to help you honor God, and we believe that this is best for you. We need you to trust us in this right now. It's hard, especially because it takes a really long time to raise kids. <laughs> I mean, what, 30, 40 years? Is that what it is now? I don't know. <laughs> Life is hard. Discipline is hard. Raising kids is hard. But I don't think we're, kids, we're doing our kids any favors if we just teach them that they can do whatever they want and get away with whatever they want. They need discipline. They need boundaries. Um, so children are a blessing from God. They need training. They need discipline. The last one is this. It, it, it's actually very simple, but it's deep. Okay, here it is. Children need love. And that's where I want to kind of land on mission as a church today. I talked earlier about how we say hashtag kids matter, and they do. Kids matter, and we want to make that uh, something that we consider in everything that we plan. There are kids right now on the other side of that concrete wall in a class learning that God loves them. They're learning that there is, uh, I hear them, I hear them right now. Uh, they're back there, they're learning that, and that's a value. Is that happening at home? Is that happening in other homes with people that don't attend our church or other churches? Kids matter. So what can we do as a church family to make that a reality? Well, there's a lot of great organizations we partner with, and I've already mentioned Nourish and Seam, and they feed close to 2,000 kids every single week who are living in food insecurity. How cool is that? So that's why we've done this, uh, the food drive recently. We, we want to make sure kids are eating, because man, can you imagine not eating? <laughs> it's terrible. That's huge. We talk a lot about foster care. We're gonna soon have a representative from the foster care pantry come and join us. We, you, you remember over the summer we washed clothes a lot? We kept having these buckets of clothes come in. I love that there are these organizations. I mean, foster care, we've talked some about, but then there's these transition organizations. I'm learning that kind of terminology. Not everyone is gonna have a foster kid in their life, but man, there are a lot of us that can help with the transition. We can help foster parents make it a little bit easier. You can become trained as a respite caregiver who maybe you don't have a full-time child in your house, but man, I'll take a weekend with a kid and you get trained and certified for that. And there's great organizations as part of that. But it's not just like organizations, guys. There's kids in your neighborhood. In, in the, uh, how long have we been married, Lindsay? 18 years. In 18 years, all the different houses we live in, there's, there's never been a very long period in our time where there wasn't some random kid in our neighborhood at some point having like cookies and hot chocolate at our house. And uh, I don't know what it is. I think we're just a magnet for kids. Uh, and, like, and now that we have kids of our own, it's real easy. Like we're just like, go, go play with those kids. <laughs> and there are kids in your neighborhood 
you, you don't believe it, like leave your house between, I don't know what exactly the bus routes are for your neighborhood, but whenever the bus runs, drive through your neighborhood, okay? Just look at them. Say a prayer for them. Understand who they are. If, if you have an opportunity to go and meet the parents of a kid, just walk over, hey, I'd like to get to know my neighbors, and uh, how's it going? Like, again, it's, it, can, it can be weird. It can be a little creepy sometimes if you're just a grown-up going to talk to kids. But you can get to know their families. Pretty quickly, needs become evident. Man, how cool is it if you could take care of some of those needs, even if it's just a safe place. I love our neighbors on both sides uh, of our house, actually several in different directions. But when we leave our house and we've got to be gone for a little while, I know that all my neighbors know my kids and my kids know my neighbors and I can go to them and say, listen, hey, we're going to be out for a little bit. Would you keep an eye on our kids while we're gone? How cool is that? And you can be that for somebody. Kids need love. Kids need love. Jesus said it would be better for us to tie a millstone around our neck and be thrown into the water, which is a really big, heavy rock necklace, <laughs> and uh, then to then lead a kid astray. They matter to Jesus. They should matter to us. And so every week I've been giving us these challenges that I want to take home and actually do. And this is what I have for us this week. And you can, you can expand on this however you want to, but this is the challenge. This week, I will challenge you. Choose a child, an individual child. You can do more than one, but do at least one. Choose a child that you will pray for every day this week by name. Right, that's the first half. That might be as far as some of you can get. But if you can do the second part, even cooler. If possible, verbally encourage that child to seek the Lord with their life. I'm going to tell you as a dad, so often the things that come out of my mouth, and I know my kids, they, i got great kids. They, they, they do respect this and they do listen. But parents, you know how much more powerful it is for another adult to pour into your kid than the parent. For someone else to come alongside you and say, man, God's got good plans for you. Or I see this talent that you have. Or, man, how's it going? What are you thinking about, you know, doing for a career, especially some older kids? Or, hey, how was school today? Cool. And then just sometime in that conversation, you know, God loves you. God loves you. I hope that you'll keep loving God. Wait. This week, choose a child you will pray for every day. So I want to take a little exercise right now. If you've got a, a note app on your phone or a piece of paper or just if you've got a good memory, decide right now who that kid's going to be. If you don't know, uh, ask around there's a lot of kids <laughs> if you're like there's that kid but you know what I never knew their name guess what you can go right now introduce yourself to those parents and say hey I'm sorry we've been going to church together for a while and we really never have met <laughs> I want to pray for your kid this week I would not be offended if you did that to me and I'm sure that no one of the parents in this room would be either um, pray for that kid by name pick him out right now pick him or her out right now and then if you're able verbally encourage this them this week to seek the Lord with their life because children are a blessing they need training they need discipline but they need love Let's do that together. Hashtag kids matter. Let's pray.